If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. I tell people that it takes at least three years or so to fully transition from the military. That's not based off of any peer-reviewed research, only my personal experience after spending 10 years in the military, five including my time at the Naval Academy Prep School and Annapolis, followed by five years in the Marine Corps. Today's guest, Jessica Vando de Jesus, left the Marine Corps as a lieutenant colonel in order to follow her passion for food and travel. Her first few years post-transition were rough, which she shares intimate details about for the first time on today's show. Through her struggles, Jessica managed to find meaning and purpose in this next stage of her journey as an author and solopreneur. She shares her story, and I hope that those of you in the throes of your own transition, whether you're just getting off of active duty, changing jobs, or making the leap to start a venture, I'm confident you'll find inspiration from today's show. Before we jump in, do me a favor and make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Applications are now open for the next cohort of Breaking Barriers in Entrepreneurship, a virtual program that facilitates business growth and support within Asian American, Pacific Islander, Black, Hispanic, and female veteran and military spouse communities. The eight-week program is designed to create an immediate impact for early to growth stage businesses by providing access to business tools, resources, capital opportunities, mentorship, and a strong peer network. If this sounds appealing to you, feel free to apply at the link in the show notes. Lastly, I want to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. Validate your business model, build your brand, and step into greatness. Available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Ma'am, welcome to the transition. I got to say, ma'am, y'all, she was a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. I got out as a captain. She outranks me. So I got to show my respect. How are you doing today, Jess? So happy to have you on the transition. Finally, I know we had to reschedule a couple times, but I didn't even realize you were in Belgium. <laughs> I'm doing outstanding. Thank you so much for having me. I had my admin reach out to Jess to get her scheduled, and she was freaking out because she thought we were going to be on video. She was like, oh, I got to get my hair done. Everybody thinks p- video podcasting is a new thing, but it creates a whole level of complexity when you're trying to schedule with guests, y'all. People do not want to be on camera because, <laughs> to be honest, a lot of us that are entrepreneurs, people are beat up during the day. Yeah. Then they got to, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're it trying is. to squeeze this podcast in between meetings and whatever else. And they're like, look, I'm just not, I can't today. I can't be on camera today. And I mean, I'm Puerto Rican. So at the end of the day, you know, I was like, I have to have, you know, at least my hair done, some lipstick, you know, to just in case, you know, this video makes it out in the real world. So. 
So I'm excited to have you here, and I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them about what you've got going on, both within the Latinx Bunker Labs cohort for the Breaking Bears and entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. and also the Dining Traveler. Yeah, so I'm the founder of, of the Dining Traveler, and it's a multimedia platform. We do copy, video, and photography, all centered in the hospitality business, food and travel. I'm a publisher. I have a website called diningtraveler.com where we share tips on food and travel, and everything that we publish is something that we've experienced personally, myself or my team. So, you know, it's like firsthand accounts. We also produce video, and I do a combination of cooking video interviews and also destination-centered videos. And I've been doing Dining Travelers since 2015. Um, With Bunker Labs, I'm the Latinx facilitator for our Breaking Barriers in Entrepreneurship program and basically work kind of as a a coach, coaching our, our cohort and organizing speakers and making sure that our entrepreneurs and a lot of people are in different stages of their journey just to make sure that they get something out of the experience. That's amazing. You know what's interesting about our community? So I live by this motto of lift as we climb. And I Mm -hmm. tell people, what's the point of making it to the mountaintop if you're the only one there? But there's so many of us facilitating these different cohorts and groups. We got families to take care of. We got our own damn businesses to run. But there's something about vets helping vets or military spouses, you know, helping other military spouses in the veteran community at at large. Where do you think that comes from? Is it just our background? Is it just how we're built? Is it that sense of purpose beyond ourselves i'm curious to hear your thoughts i think that for for my 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 experience as a marine i retired after 24 years of service is that family when there's nobody else around i was stationed overseas i was in okinawa i was in germany and you know just kind of looking to each other when your families or your friends from back in the day are not around and i think that we have that common experience in many ways, we speak a language that the common folk doesn't. And I have a, a, I have a great combination of uh, what I call like my civilian friends and my military friends. But there is something about that shared experience in the military that um, immediately gives to me somebody credibility to, to be able to, to help them. And I think that for many of us who are in the military, we, we are selfless people because many of us could have gone out, made more money somewhere else. And we chose this lifestyle beyond in the steady paycheck. We, we chose it because there's something about serving that we love. I um, I find it fascinating, too, that you even making time to do this all the way out in Belgium. <laughs> I was like, you're facilitating a cohort from out in Belgium, man. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was volunteering, actually, for two years with Bunker Labs doing a digital marketing and social media workshop. And I have to say, and Renee was the facilitator for the women and the Latinx cohort. And I had to, and I would always tell Renee after our calls, I would, I would, I always text her and I'm like, you know, I feel so invigorated after I give that presentation. And I've done this presentation in many other venues, but there is something about talking to veterans and you know, and at the end of the Q&A session, we have to like cut it off because people are so genuinely like interested and engaged. And it just, for me, like I am, I leave learning more, even as a, as a facilitator, even while I'm giving my workshop is, is for, I get as much out of it as they, as they give me. It's funny you say that too, because, you know, when you were at our lowest, right. Or sometimes you find yourself stuck. I was doing some research online one day. And I want to call him a mentor of mine, 
but he has these videos where he teaches like leadership stuff. And one of the things he talked about was the way to get unstuck is you just help somebody else who is like two to three steps behind you. So you've kind of already gone through that path a little bit. You just make some time and you help them. I will have days, y'all, where I'm literally beat up. You know, those days where you get all excited about the prospect and you don't hear from them no more, you know, or you're just going through it. And then I'll teach a class just to some random group of veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. I feel like I can conquer the world after that. And it goes back to that because I do think there's something about putting that positive energy out in the universe. And then it just gets reciprocated in so many different ways, whether I feel better or somebody, you know, it will attract a lead or just all these opportunities pop up. So I, I make time to do it. I did it yesterday for a group of young incarcerated men and women and gave a class on entrepreneurship, which was facilitated by another veteran. So I think it's just great to see so many of us out here in the community pouring back into it. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that I did this summer was sit down and really focus on what my purpose is. And doing obviously we're entrepreneurs we have to make money and put food on the table but you know what what is my purpose because you know I can go and work at any tech company and make money so I'm, I'm you know retired telecom officer but what do I do in my purpose and one of the in the three words that I came up with were um educate empower and connect and connecting is like one of my favorite things to do because I love like if I see an opportunity that pops up and it doesn't fit me, like I immediately think, and it could be a somebody that I didn't talk to, like, you know, that I haven't talked to in like a year or two, but I'm like, oh man, I know this person's going to be perfect for this job. So I'm going to refer them. And, you know, I love getting like that email. It's like, Hey, I got that contract. Their times are tough and somebody came through, but there's, there is a beauty in being able to use your resources and being able to use your connections in order to empower others. So for me, that's, a, that's, that's a big one. So what I want to do now is ask you to get vulnerable and take off your armor for our listeners. But I got two questions on that. Number one, you know, I think it's interesting how, like, when I go to the Naval Academy, people always assume that because you go to a service academy, you've got life figured out, you know? And then we transition out, and it's all sunshine and rainbows. Now, I had a good transition, but I talked to peers of mine, you know, in the ecosystem, and people are really struggling out there. And I feel like you can relate to that, too, because, you know, you get out of the Marine Corps as a lieutenant colonel. So people probably assume like, oh, man, you're good to go. So I'm curious to know how your transition has been treating you. And then also, how's your entrepreneurial journey been going and what's keeping you up at night? So for me, my transition, I have to say, has been interesting because when I look back and I connect the dots, I should have gotten out before the time that I did, like being com and I, I, <laughs> being completely frank. And I didn't do it because it was tied to my entrepreneurship journey. At the time I was a reservist, like times got a bit rough. I know I can go on orders, make some extra money. I, I also got my reserve health care through it, which was like 200 bucks a month versus like over a thousand I would have had to pay as a self-employed person. So all these little things, I felt like they were good because they were safety nets. But at the same time, there were crutches holding me back because even though I was learning from the Marine Corps and I was doing you know, some meaningful work, I no longer identified with being a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. And, and I think that a lot of folks, they stick around or, you know, longer than their, their time is. And I always used to tell my Marines, like, you know, if you want to get out after four years, I'm not going to make you stay because, you know, we need people like you to get out happy and to go out in the world and to tell people that the Marine Corps is a great thing. You just did it for four years and you moved on. And then, you know, 21 years later, I feel like 
you know, I'm not listening to myself. And, and so for me, like I felt like, I, and, and I work in media and I work in food and travel media was just completely different from the Marine Corps. So it was kind of like having like this dual life to the point that I would get a bit of anxiety when it was like time to, you know, put the uniform back on because I felt like I had a code switch into a completely different person. So my transition has, and also so my transition was a bit complicated in many ways because when I was retiring, it was like at the height of COVID. So, you know, I couldn't go and like, I, I couldn't go to my unit. Like, I could. so it was, it was very lonely. And I remember that a friend of mine, even before COVID, he had, to, he told me he retired as a, as an E8. And he was like, you know, Jessica, like when you retire, you would think that everybody's going to come and look for you. And it's like, you retire and the Marine Corps goes on, you know, and you're just like, a faint memory, you know, you might have your buddies from, you know, back in the day or whatever. And I think that a lot of people, it's very tough to reconcile that, right? You know, especially if you did 20 plus years and you're a senior officer, a senior non-commissioned officer, a senior NCO, it is very difficult to be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm here alone. I have nothing to back me up now. And I think that that transition and not having that safety net in a way has forced me saying, okay, well, I have no other choice. You know, I need to go out there and I need, it's, it's actually challenged me more as an entrepreneur because now I don't have the excuse that I can go to the, back to the Pentagon and work for six months on orders and, and make some good money. So, so I think that that has been, you know, the, the, and, and also moving to a foreign country. So I had retired from the Marine Corps living in DC in that, you know, very military ecosystem to moving to Europe where I don't know anyone in the military and, and speaking a foreign language and, and just doing something that is completely removed from my Marine Corps experience. I think I tell people all the time, I think it takes three years of transition. Mm-hmm. So like three oh, years to kind of be like, okay, this is, this is me, <laughs> you know, okay. I'm kind of getting my own little style and my own little flavor. But again, I was only in technically I was in 15 years. Mm-hmm. No, was it 15 years? 10 years. Sorry. Five years at the Naval Academy, because I had to go to prep school, y'all. I wasn't smart enough to go right away. And then four years, sorry, five years at the Naval Academy in prep school, and then five years as a Marine Infantry Officer. Okay. So then I got out. But it, I'd say it took like three years. Um, I can only imagine, man. And I, you know, going through COVID, transitioning, becoming an entrepreneur, moving into another country. I'm just like, <laughs> that would just be a lot to handle. But it seems like you, I mean, you're glowing. Right. You're living your best life. I'm sure it's challenging. She said now, (laughs) y'all, what has been the hardest part of being an entrepreneur thus far, though? What's keeping you up with that? I think it's the loneliness. I think that one of the reasons why I took I took this this opportunity with Bunker Labs was because I loved being in that community. And I have to say that I started a few like three months ago and I can already tell like the change in my demeanor, my optimism has changed because I, I have to admit the first year was really, really hard. You know, I, I had, I was already an entrepreneur, like I was already doing dining traveler and getting some good contracts. And, you know, obviously my core business is hospitality, restaurants, hotels. Well, what happened in 2020? And I had just scored a pretty big contract with, with a hotel and what happened? Boom, COVID happened. I had to chase people down for money. And it was something like very, in many ways, very traumatic. And ended up getting a job, a regular civilian job again, um, that ended really, really badly. And, and I'll, I'll give you guys like a little story time here because this goes back to the why, if, you know, if, if Mike will permit. <laughs> so at, at Co- because it'll go back to like, you know, what we, we talk about transition. So 
And I think it's really important for us to know our whys, right? So when I left, when COVID started, my contracts all went to shit. I'm sorry for, for the language. <laughs> no, you, there's no um, rules. There's no rules in audio, okay. y'all. We good. We good. So, this is the all my contracts went away. So I started working for a company doing media work behind the scenes, more like, you know, booking talent and contracting. So I was brought in to be a project manager. I'm like, cool. You know, I've been a Marine officer for so long. I'm a project manager. And it ended up being more like I was a glorified secretary. And I'm, and even though like the money was decent, we were in the pandemic, but it was just not a good fit for me. And then I ended up getting fired with no previous warning. So no performance plan, no, Hey, we need to talk about your performance. We're not happy with this. Like, and it was like in the height of COVID where we would be in calls for seven hours out of the eight hour workday. So I had a small, I had a toddler at home. So it was just like a lot of factors. And I remember that the person that fired me, I, I called her. She didn't even turn on the camera to tell me like, hey, you know, we're giving the position to internally to somebody else in the company because I was I was hired as a temporary employee. And, you know, I was angry. I was like, we were in the pandemic. My mental health was suffering. And I told her, I was like, you know, how could you do this to me? Like, you, you know, you haven't even turned on your camera. And she's like, well, I wasn't happy. And I was like, you never, and I come from this Marine Corps environment, right? Where we have a Marine, we have a plan, we have adverse fitness reports that you have to kind of justify like with tangible proof that somebody's not performing. And I went from somebody telling, not even remotely telling me that they weren't happy with my, with my performance to firing me. So, you know, I got kind of Marine Corps on her and, and the temp company was like, oh, we'll give you two weeks of severance. So this woman was so angry that I confronted her that she took her, my severance away from me. So I got a call like 15 minutes after that phone call with her. And, and the lady from the temp company was like, yeah, they're not going to pay you the two week severance. So this is not, you know, (laughs) and I was so angry, but again, like my Marine part of me, I'm like, I'm not going to take this line down. I send this, my boss's boss message. And I'm like, we're in a pandemic. I didn't, I was like, you can look through my emails. I never got a performance plan. I never got anything like this woman just got rid of me. And then, you know, to top it all off, got rid of my severance. So, and at that moment, and then I, you know, I guess that she, you know, took it up the chain and I got my severance back two weeks, which was nothing. But I, at that, that day, and I remember it was like a Tuesday evening that day I made a pledge to myself. I was like, I will never work in a corporate environment again. And, and, and thank, and thankfully knock on wood, I didn't even have to apply for unemployment because I, I, it motivated me, put some fire on my, on my butt to produce a video series. And that was very successful. Didn't have to claim unemployment and, you know, and I'm still here. So, you know, some good months, some bad months, but to me, that's my why. Just like the thought that I would have to go back to that environment where somebody will, you know, mess with your livelihood and not even turn on the camera and look at you in the face. That it is that, my why. That drives me crazy. Cut your and damn never, camera And I've never on. shared this story publicly, by the way. You know, I've shared well, it amongst friends. So but this is my first time going on the record is sharing this story. Well, we appreciate you. This is a space to be vulnerable. You know, this is mm-hmm. art. You're amongst family. This is your tribe. You know, yeah. there's a lot of landmines out there. We got to help each other navigate them. Yeah. But the civilian world of not being confrontational, you know, not want to look at people in the eye. You know, it's so just, ah, oh, y'all, it's terrible. Oh, they're scared of Iron Mike. It's okay, though. 
And it's interesting because, you know, in the, you know, as a Marine officer, you know, we're both Marine officers. It's like, if we want to give somebody an adverse fitness report, we need to like sit in front of that person and be like, I am going to give you an adverse re- report for X, Y, and Z. And if you don't do that, you can't give the person an adverse fitness report. Or So for me, like the fact that somebody's willing to completely cut your livelihood and not giving you tangible proof as to why they're doing that is it, 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 for me, it was, it, it was like an eye-opening moment because, you know, I worked as, as a civilian, but for the federal government, for NATO. So it was like a completely different world for me. But at that moment, I pledge, I'm like, I will... I mean, I don't care if I have to work 14 hours and be an entrepreneur, but I'm never going to do this again. How did you deal with the confidence aspect of it? Because here you are, this lieutenant colonel, got the first job, not your first job, but you know, you're working in a pandemic and you get fired. And this is like going into your entrepreneurial journey, you know, to the next level. How did you bounce back from that? You know, I didn't, I was really mad that day and I just didn't, I was like, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We live in DC, so we can't live on a one income household. And I was like, I need, I need to make money. Like there's just not, there, there's not no ifs and buts. I need to make money. So I really didn't, uh, for me at that time, I didn't even have time to be sad about it. I was like, let me go into my email, check my Rolodex, see who I can ask for sponsorship to produce a series. And at what point did you realize that the dining travel is going to be self-sustainable for you? For me, I started in 2015, and one of the things that I that my husband, when we talked about me leaving my job at the Pentagon because I was a GS-13 plus a reservist in the Marine Corps, he was like, well, you know, that's awesome. He's Dutch, so he's very numbers-oriented, and he was like, do a business plan and show, you know, show how you can re- replace the income that you're making at the Pentagon with doing the Dining Traveler. So one of the things that I did was diversify what we do in the Dining Traveler. So it's not like just, oh, you know, um, I'm an influencer, I'm getting paid to do Instagram posts, but I do a lot of back-end work like social media management, social media strategy. Now I'm doing media kits, so food photography. So there's all these different things that I do within the Dining Traveler umbrella. So I, if I know that, you know, one month, one thing is kind of kind of dried up, like I know I can pick it up somewhere else. So, so for me, like it was 2015 and I would say like around 2019, when I launched my book, I knew that, that this was something that I I can sustain. I just, you know, I launched a book last year, telling it last year, I think it was like October, but writing it was way harder than I thought. I had to fight <laughs> some demons to get that book published y'all. Like yeah. I could hear, and I realized like, this is why people don't publish. You know, because you want it to be so perfect. You want it to be right. But at a certain point, you just got to push. You got to set that yeah. hard deadline and say, rain, sleet, hell or snow. I'm committing to getting this book out. But man, it was like, it was such a journey. How, how was your book experience? You know, my book, like it took us four years to produce our book because, you know, my book is a hard, a hardcover coffee table book, very photography heavy. So I worked with a photographer. I worked with a designer. I worked with an editor. So we had like this team of people. So, you know, and everybody, this was kind of like their side hustle. So trying to figure out when everybody had time to do things. This book was about Puerto Rico in 2017. There was Hurricane Maria, this devastating. So I was actually getting ready to do the final edits to send it to the publishers. And then this hurricane happens. So in 2018, I had to go back to Puerto Rico a few times, do some more interviews, shoot, shoot more photos. So it was then I my husband got laid off. I ended up going back on active duty for a year. So it was just kind of like this snowball of things that that had happened. And but, you know, I look back and I'm like, 
you know, that was a time that I needed to network to find the right people. And I look back and I'm like, is my book perfect at that time? It was perfect for me. But now I look back, I was like, oh, I could have added this or I could have added that. But I think it goes back to what you said is like, you have to you have to pull the trigger at some point and, you know, and follow through. So I was thinking about this analogy the other day, and I feel like I could finally talk to somebody about it. Marine and Marine. So in the infantry, right, or at the basic school, you know, we're teaching how to clear houses. They always stress about maintaining momentum going through the breach, right? Because you can get clogged up. You know, as soon as you kick the door in, you get shot at, you start taking casualties, yada, yada, yada. But the Marine Corps is like push. You know, the instructors will come behind you and push you through the door. Like, there's so many times where you have to push as an entrepreneur, you know, because if you can just, there's just roadblocks all around. And if you don't, let if you don't maintain momentum, you'll come into a dead halt. So just like you yeah. said, you know, you go through this one issue, then your husband gets laid off. So there's all these different reasons in the world of not to get this book out. And that's why a lot of y'all listening to this aren't able to launch those ventures or get those projects out the door because you you're not being aggressive. You got to push, man. I know it sounds rough, but like it's a constant thing. You know, we're doing this video series for a TV show. What do you think is they're dealing with right now? The actor strike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They raise all this money, produce this veteran entrepreneurship TV show. And now here's another giant roadblock. So it's like, what are they going to do about it? You know, the producers and everything. And I think that for me, what I've learned from from this experience, especially with the book, is that we think of, at that moment, you're like, crap, like, I, you know, this didn't happen on this date. But then you look back and I love what Steve Jobs talks about connecting the dots and you connect your dots and you're like, oh, this book needed to be published at that time at that particular time. Or, you know, for example, I think of COVID and what happened to me. And I was like, oh, okay. I made those cooking videos that ended up being very successful because, but if I would have made them three years ago, they would have not had the same level of of success. So I think that we look back in that moment, it's like, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? But I'm a believer that everything happens like in divine timing. And sometimes like you don't think about, about it that way, like, because you're like, ah, why is this happening to me? But I do think, and in those moments, like in, for me, I struggled when I first moved to Belgium, like the first year was really, really tough for me, navigating to different worlds, still keeping all my stuff in DC, trying to break in here, trying to get used to the language again. And after a year, I was like, okay, I got my footing back up and I started, you know, doing more things and writing for more publications. And my mother dies last November. So you're just, and it's like, I don't know if you ever ran a marathon, but it's like, imagine like, you know, you're running, you hit the wall and you're like, oh, I got my second win. And then it's like mile 25, somebody trips you and you fall. (laughs) And that's how I, you know, that's how I felt last November when, when my mother passed away. But again, you know, you look back and you're like, yeah, that's life. And you have to kind of, kind of roll with it. And, and now I kind of feel like I'm back to, you know, um, and I think that being part, being a facilitator at BBIE has, has done a huge effect for me because being in this group where people like-minded people being able to have these amazing speakers that talk about their journey and also not only talk about their journey, but actually give you actionable steps on, you know, how to get ahead in your business has, has helped me out a ton. I appreciate you being vulnerable once again, because we don't talk enough about life. You know, life is still happening while we're trying to build these ventures, while you're head down on your little laptop at the coffee shop, you know, living your little best digital nomad life. People are dying. They're getting sick. It's all this kind of stuff. And you 
unplug from the matrix and you get reminded real quick, like, oh man, I'm getting older too. You know, all this stuff is going on. It's just been a, it's just a hell of a journey, man. I try to tell people this is a journey. I've, you know, I, I, I just, even for myself, right. I think about, I lost a frat brother of mine who was super close with, and that wrecked me. That like wrecked me. It threw me all off my game because it's like the best way I can describe it is we're all carrying a lot of stuff with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And people see us, but there's the slightest thing can make the train go off the track. Right. And then you throw in a death, a sickness or something. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like the simplest things just become like almost unbearable, you know, like trying to go open the boxing gym while I'm thinking about my, my brother who passed away. You know, trying to think about going to this storage facility. It was just, it's just a lot. So how did you come out of that? What did you do to allow you to get back to yourself? I think it's taking time, taking time to, in the beginning, I was like, no, I'm going to keep on working because, you know, that'll keep me busy. But I, I knew deep down that that was not the holiday because my mom passed around and no, passed away in November, then the holidays happened. So it was like a lot, you know, I live, I live in Belgium. So my mom actually had her last breath when I was on the plane on my way home to say goodbye. So it was, and it was very quick. Like she got COVID and died three weeks later and, and it was completely unexpected. So for us, and, but I also think about like, you know, my mom was, you know, she was a baddie. Like she came to the States when she was 11 years old, you know, taught herself English, like in upstate New York, there's like no brown people in upstate upstate New York. So they were getting called all sorts of names, you know, and she, she got through it and she raised four amazing kids and, you know, how to deal with domestic abuse and a lot of other, you know, stuff that I thankfully was never exposed to. And, you know, you just think, okay, people, you know, like our ancestors, we're our ancestors' wildest dreams, you know? And, and, and I think that keeps me, that, that pushes me because I know that my mom would be like, you know, like, you know, dust yourself off and, you know, do what you got to do. So for me, like in many ways, it's like the cause of my, my mom is like the cause of my grief, but she's also the cause of my motivation. Now, I know we've talked about some challenging times you've had to go through. Share with us some of your latest wins. My late, I mean, I think my latest wins are getting, getting back into the saddle. I just produced, I just finished what well, we just wrapped up a video series in Sicily in Italy. So we were there for 10 days filming and have this amazing friend that helped us produce it. So we were in restaurants, like, you know, I was like speaking Spanish. These chefs were speaking Italian to me. We were shooting and we just had this amazing experience that a lot of people probably wouldn't have access to just because of the 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 way especially in Sicily people are very tight-knit so if you don't know somebody that knows somebody like you can get into these kitchens so for me that was like extremely special to have that opportunity to shoot it we just launched our first video yesterday on YouTube and we've been getting some really good responses so for me that's that's a great win because it's the first time in since the end of 2021 that I've been I was able to bring my my videographer from New York to 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 help me shoot. So it was a it was is a win for me to wrap it up and and now getting ready to promote it and producing an ebook as a an ebook guidebook to south southeastern Sicily. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying. See, the, the thing I like about you though, and I was just having a conversation with another veteran about this. I think sometimes vets can get caught up in speculative speculative business ideas. So we're like, oh, crypto, we should do this. Or AI, we should do this. Do you even have a background doing it? Like what knowledge, experience? 
connections do you bring? Yeah, this sounds like a good business idea, but like, why are you the one to solve this problem? When I look at the dining traveler, when I hear your stories, this is not out of your wheelhouse. I mean, it's like, this is what you were meant to do. You know, sure. There's some different things you have to learn with editing film and photography and yada, 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 but you already have the passion for food and travel, et cetera. So you're actually playing to your strengths. And I think more of us as entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, right? We need to play to our strengths because when the times get rough, (laughs) that you got to have something that you can, you know, lean on. So I even think about like, how do you keep a boxing gym open for a year and a half in the middle of a pandemic? Well, it helps that I'm a boxer and I'm super passionate about it and I'm determined to figure it out. But this was a space I didn't know anything about. Yeah. It would have been a wrap. And I think that, and one of the things that, especially being veterans, that helps us running a business because, you know, of course, like, you know, I'm a good writer. I'm a great, you know, great writer, great photographer, but you know, that's not what a business makes. Right. And I think that especially being a Marine and being a woman Marine, being a Latina Marine, you know, there is a lot of work that I had to do to stand out or a lot of work that, you know, I would be actually at staff meetings and I would say something. And it would be overlooked and like some, you know, some white dude, like would say five minutes later and, and they're like, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm like, I just said that, like, I mean, these, these are things that I, that I went through as a Marine. So I think that for me to have my own brand, that for me, I fierce, it's like my, I'm, I have a real baby and this is my other baby and I will defend it to the end because I think that for me is something that I had to fight to, you know, just like my Marine Corps career, I, I've. I keep on fighting to keep and maintain. And I think that also as a Marine, as you know, you know, if you don't, if you don't evolve, you're not going to get promoted. Like you have to do your PMEs, you have to do, you know, your CFTs, like, you know, you have to do your PFTs and, you know, you know, and as you get older, you might not be the fastest, but you know, it's like the survival of the fittest. Like there's a lot of dudes I went to TBS with that, you know, would, you know, would, would be like, Oh, Jessica, you're so slow. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm now, you know, I've made it 24 years of service and where are you, you know? So, so I think it's, you know, having that, that skin in the game and, 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 you know, I'm not a sprinter, I'm a marathon runner. And I think that my experience as a Marine has really taught me that. Did you feel pressure being such a high rank, feeling like you had to go into a certain career path or a certain industry as an entrepreneur, you know, because you think about a a lot of Lieutenant colonels and, you know, senior flag officers, what do they do? Government, you know, (laughs) big tech, et cetera. And here you are, you know, making Instagram videos. And I think that because I did that, you know, I I was a GS 13 at the Pentagon and, and I worked at a unit that the work was boring as hell, but I worked with some amazing people. And I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't quit sooner because, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, fun dudes, you know, that I used to work with even back in the day when they were in uniform, they retired, they went into this. I left my job at 20, um, 2015. I joined that reserve unit as a Marine, you know, as in uniform. That was like the last duty station that I was, I was with. And some of the same dudes were there that I, you know, that when I started that job in 2012, they were there doing the same job. And, you know, and I know that obviously like, you know, the Marine Corps is not for everybody and it's very draining and it's, you know, and if that's your path, you know, you do you, I do feel, I do struggle sometimes having to explain to people they're like, but what do you really do? Or, you know, or they think that, you know, my husband's like supporting me and I'm like, no, like he's Dutch. He's not going to support me. And, or, you know, that having these speculations. And I think that if you go to work, like at Amazon, nobody's going to ask you how you make your money. But I, 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 I 
find myself in many situations where people, especially, you know, people that don't look like me, feel at liberty to be like, well, how do you make your money? Or it must be nice that you get to travel. And I'm a firm believer, you know, my first time I went to Belgium and came here to 2016 or 2006, I had a student visa, two suitcases and my GI bill. And I did not know a single soul. All I knew in French was bonjour, merci. And I made a life here and I got a job at NATO and, you know, and, and, and people say luck, but I don't believe in luck because I've literally fought tooth and nail for everything that I've had. I don't think people still understand what I do. <laughs> They're like, what do you, we see you here, we see you there. None of your business. None of your, exactly. Exactly. We out here. We out here. <laughs> Unless you, you want to pay me to do something. I was like, do you need a food <laughs> photographer? Do you need somebody to like, yeah. you know, get your website going? Like, you know, I'm your girl, but you know, like stop asking questions unless you're willing to pay me something, you know, for my services. <laughs> yeah. Go worry about your manager. Don't be worrying about us. Exactly. <laughs> I swear. I, so there's a wine store in my building, y'all. When I first quit my job and got really punched in the face, I walked in that wine store and I was looking around. I was like, hey, do you guys need a website? I built like a $500 website on Squarespace, <laughs> but it was money. Yeah. You know, and it, it felt good to sell something. But you're right. Like, as we just figured out, it's just a different lifestyle. I try to describe to people. It's like hunting every day. Yeah. It's like almost primitive, right? You got to wake up and you got to figure out, like, how you going to put food on the table for yourselves and your loved ones. And you develop these skill sets that you're able to monetize. And people like us also think about instead of just having one core skill set, right, we diversify. Exactly. Right. So that way, when COVID shuts one opportunity down, you pivot into another opportunity or, you know, hey, we want to make sure we're protected cash flow at all times. So we do a little of this. We do a little of that. But we make it all work. And I think that it, and, and that goes back to. Not also having that sixth sense of like the people that you choose to work with. And I think that in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to take everything, you know, because you're just kind of like in this scarcity mentality. But now, like I've created a number for myself, you know, depending on the services that I do. And, you know, I'll have people reach out to me like, oh, I want you to do like an influencer campaign. But if it's under the num under my number, I would just be like, no. And some people yeah. are like, oh, OK, I'll give you this much. But. You know, I think that in our space, we have to learn how to, I mean, any like independent space, you have to, to learn how to, how to negotiate. But then there are people that you, like, I met a guy who, a restaurant owner wanted me to do, run his like marketing and his email marketing. And I just did not have the best gut feeling about this dude. Like there was just something that I was like, eh. and I, and I was like, you know, I just have a lot in my plate. I did, I, you know, I didn't end it in a sour note, but I was like, let's, you know, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue this further. And a year later, I find out that one of my friends has him as a client and he's getting sued because he owes him $50,000. So and he hasn't paid. And I was like, I knew it. I knew. And I think that that's one of our things that especially as military folks, you know, folks that have, you know, study warfare, like, you know, you you build that that, you know, sixth sense and, you know, making sure that you don't have the scarcity mentality cloud your sixth sense in business because I've had it happen in the past. I'm like, Oh my God, it's a client. It's funny. And then it just ends up badly. So I, I think as you grow as an entrepreneur, you start figuring out like, you know, what are those red flags to look out for? I tell people values. That's why you need to sit down mm -hmm. and create your core values, your individual <laughs> values, and do not work with people that don't share the same values as you. Mm -hmm. Because when times get rough and people's true colors start to show, you don't want to be trapped or tied in with someone for the long term. And that's a lesson I thankfully learned early on. So I didn't have to deal with anything too crazy. 
But it went back, it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of, you know, me, me being a veteran, you know, I kind of got a fun personality, right? I don't take myself too serious, but I also don't put myself in positions where people won't take me for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the content and everything that I put out, it's like, what you see is what you get. So I want to attract the right kind of customers, the right kind of partners that let me show up my full self. And I don't have to worry about, you know, their values being off. And I think that, and it's interesting that you say that because for me, one of my biggest things when I retired was wanting to be, you know, my authentic self. And I tell people sometimes this anecdote that, you know, towards the, towards the end of my career, you know, I have, you know, very curly hair and, you know, having to go into the Pentagon and like, you know, change into my camis, you know, because obviously you can't be out in camis in the Marine Corps. So you're in this bathroom and then I have to pin my curls back into a bun. And it sounds like the, you know, the most trivial thing, but it was just like, you know, that is a part of me that I can no longer, you know, have out. Like, I, I don't know, I, it's just very, for people that, you know, haven't been in it, it's difficult to explain, but I will always cherish, I mean, I, w I always tell people I would not be where I am now if I would, it would have not been for the Marine Corps. Like, you know, I'm, I am the dying traveler because of the Marine Corps. But at the same time, I'm my authentic Jessica Marie Vandop de Jesus because I'm out of the Marine Corps now. And, you know, going back to values, like I can also talk about m my personal values more freely, no, you know, given that I'm, I no longer... I'm in uniform. And I teach this also in our branding social media class that I feel that people now, like your audience, like the people that buy from you, a lot of these brands, you know, even if you're a big corporate brand, people want to know your values and where you stand. And it can be, and I'm not trying to make a political statement, it could be to the left, to the right, whatever, because you're going to find an audience forever. <laughs> but I think that you have to be very clear in where it is that you stand. You know, some of our highest downloaded podcasts on the show are just solo episodes of me rifting. You know, I'm stumbling. I'm figuring it out while I'm trying to teach some content or something. But you're right. People are hungry for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to they want to get to know real people and where they stand. And I think for a lot of us as veterans, too, we create impact in our local communities in a way that is hard to conceptualize when you're around a bunch of Marines and y'all are wearing the same uniform and y'all all eating at the same child spot. But then you're in a community. They see you moving. They're like, oh, he's a Marine. She's a Marine. You know, and they see what's possible. Right. So we like, yeah, we're like everyone else, but we're also different. We bring something to the table. And I think we're our true, authentic selves and we're Marines <laughs> and we're entrepreneurs. Right. It just hits different. You know, yeah. so I want to encourage you all out there as you do jump into this entrepreneurial ecosystem and be yourself. Find others that want you because that's the benefit of being a civilian. Right. You don't have to. What's the word I'm looking for? You don't have to, I don't know, be vanilla, right? Like, it's yeah. okay to be tropical. You can, you know, find yourself too, right? Yeah. That's the other thing, right? You served your country. You did what you're supposed to. Now out here in the civilian world, you know, don't be afraid to kind of let your light shine a little bit. It's okay. And I, and I also tell people, I'm like, you know, there's a billion active users on social media. Like when I teach my social media class, like you're not trying to get a billion followers. Like, you know, you're not Christian Ronaldo, you're not Kylie Jenner. 
you know, you have a specific niche and you can find your community in that, whether it's a thousand people or a hundred thousand people. But I feel that they are like-minded people that you can connect with anywhere as long as you are your authentic self. And I, and I do think that there is an importance in being vulnerable because especially talking about social media, talking about media, like we can be on on this podcast and talk about like, oh my God, everything has been great. And every opportunity has landed on 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 our lap. And for a long time, I mean, only like five people knew I had been fired from a job. And then, and then I started talking more and more about it, you know, amongst my group, you know, of friends and acquaintances when the opportunity came up or somebody's like, man, I got laid off. And I'm like, listen, you know, it gets better. This happened to me. So I think that there is some value. And then you have people saying, you know what, Jess, like you said this. And I'm like, it, it does get better, you know, in that moment where you don't think that things get better. But I think that with sharing the good, we also have to share our challenges and be vulnerable because you never know who's listening on the other side that that needs to read that and needs to identify with that as well. That reminds me, I need to write a post about sharing L's because I'm in a coaching group, y'all, and it always appears people are killing it, right, Jess? You know, you post on something like, oh man, you're killing it. But you, you know, you get in the habit of only sharing the good stuff. Sometimes you got to share the bad stuff. I share all sorts of stuff. <laughs> the, the, the encouragement, but I'm, I'm part of this coaching group and I need to write some stuff in there because people always think I'm killing. I'm not at all. <laughs> you know, sometimes people just catch me on a good day. Yeah. But as we start to close out here, I got a couple more questions for you. Number one, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Like, where are you working towards, both from a business level and a personal level? And then number two, I want to ask you to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement. My ultimate goal is to be a multimedia publisher, produce TV shows, films that center in global travel and and also publish books and not only my own books, but you know, especially seeing BIPOC publishers in the food and travel industry and being able to publish and promote their work. And what about words of encouragement for our listeners? How can they support you on accomplishing that BHAG? <laughs> Well, follow me at Dining Traveler and I'm, I'm, I'm on all platforms. So which if you're a TikTok type of person, I'm there. If you're an Instagram type of person and it's the same, the same handle, Dining Traveler. If you're a budding entrepreneur, apply for BBIE and Bunker Labs. We would love to have you. And, and thirdly, words of encouragement is it gets better. And I think to have a clear vision of what you want. And it's taken me years to develop, you know, what my purpose is, what my why is. And I think that life experiences create those whys for you, but think about those, that purpose and that why every day. And that will make me, it will make you get out of bed. Well, Jessica, it's been an honor to have you on the platform. Listen, y'all, when you do decide to make that leap, if you're already in a fight, you do not have to go at it alone. We got so many reasons. I mean, the emails I saw go out from Bunker Labs the other day, I hit up the director of marketing and I was like, the amount of support we're pushing out is applauded, right? Like yeah. between the small business, the small business finance miniseries we just launched, you've got the BBAE cohorts going on, you've got the veteran in residence cohorts going on, you've got CEO Circle, you got ambassadors, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies in the local community, mm-hmm. you know, pr- bringing the community out. So you have a lot of support and resources, y'all. And uh, it's just such a pleasure to, be able to talk to amazing entrepreneurs like Jessica and also create this content to support y'all out there. So please make sure you take advantage of it. Head to bunkerlabs.org. This topic you'd like me to cover on the show, feel free to reach out to me via email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, peace, love, 
and have a great rest of your week.